Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, April the 6th, and once again, I wish you happy Easter in the midst of this Easter octave. We are three days in, five more days to celebrate uh, the not just God's resurrection. We celebrate that all the time, but the, the I don't know, the, the, the presence of it so directly and, and just the joy uh, of that. Um, one of my favorite things is, is when it says we are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. Uh, may that Alleluia be on your, on your lips, on your mouth, on your, on your tongue. Uh, very easily this week. Uh, that was a long greeting. God love you. Um, let's get into the Word of God. So if you went to Mass or if you listened to the Gospel in any way on Easter Sunday, uh, it was John's Gospel that we heard. And uh, we are going to pick up today's Gospel immediately following that. So I'll, I'll remind us, those who didn't hear the Gospel on Sunday, what that was. But we're going to start today, John 20 verses 11 through 18. Okay, let's break open God's word together. My friends, the reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and then reported what he had told her. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this is um, why, you know, Mary Magdalene gets that uh, that term, the apostle to the apostles. She is the one who brought the word brought the resurrection of Christ to the apostles. She was the first evangelist, as it were, uh, in in this way. Um, and it's just so marvelous. The story is so great. So, okay, a little bit of background. Uh, John 20 and John 21 uh, are the resurrection narratives. Uh, so what we heard on Sunday, if you heard the gospel, uh, was that early on Sunday morning, the women, Mary Magdalene being one of them, went out to the tomb and the stone was rolled away and he wasn't there and they didn't know what happened. So they ran back to the disciples and said, they have taken the Lord. And Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved 
ran out to the tomb. Uh, and the disciple whom Jesus loved arrived first, but waited on the outside. Peter catches up. He goes in, into the tomb, and sees the, um, uh, the, the wrappings are empty and the head wrapping is rolled up in, in, a, in a different place. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved goes into, and it says, he saw and believed, but they didn't yet understand what resurrection from the dead meant. So on the one sense, there was belief there, there was hope there, but there was uncertainty and there was confusion. And then it says they went back home. So they weren't a part of anything of what happened here. And that's where this gospel picks up. So Peter and John run to the, to the tomb. Well, presumably Mary Magdalene runs behind them. And they get there, they look, they're, they're uncertain, but they hope and they leave and that's where this gospel picks up and says, Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb weeping. So again, she thinks Jesus has been taken. We see that in the interplay here. So then she looks in the tomb again, and there sees two angels, one at the head, one at the feet where Jesus had laid. And I love their, their question, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? And the beauty of her answer, the simplicity, because it's so honest, they have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. And she turns around and sees Jesus there, but thinks it's the gardener. And he asks her the same exact question that the angels asked. Did you hear that? Woman. I mean, neither of them say the name yet. Uh, you know, presumably the angels may not have known it. But we don't know. I don't know what angels know. Do you? I don't. Maybe you do. Woman, why are you weeping? And then Jesus adds. Because uh, he does. That's what Jesus does. Whom are you looking for? Remember the first question Jesus asked back in John I would have been the end of chapter one when the disciples were following and, uh, and John the Baptist had pointed, uh, behold, the Lamb of God, there, there goes the one, he, you know, he, he must increase as I must decrease. You got to go after him. And they follow after him, right? And he turns around and he sees them following. And what does he say? What are you looking for? That's the same question. The gospel begins with it and the gospel ends with it. Because really, that's the only question, isn't it? What are you looking for? Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Because really, he's got to know. Before he reveals himself to Mary, he wants to know, are you looking for me? Are you weeping simply out of Confusion, uncertainty, um, grief, I don't know. Whom are you looking for? And she again thinks it's the gardener says, sir, if you carried him away. So right away she reveals, I'm looking for Jesus. Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him. That intimacy, isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's such a beautiful and simple question, sir. If you were the one who took him, just tell me where he is. It's okay. I'll, I'll take him. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Just tell me where you laid him, and I'll take him. That, that intimate, that caring, that uh, it's just so beautiful. I'll, I'll care for him.
even in his death. And then Jesus reveals himself to her. How does he do that? By saying his na- her name, Mary. Mary. And that's what opens her eyes. She knows it's him. Ah, Rabboni. And she holds on to him and he says, don't hold on to me yet. I've not yet ascended to the Father. So two things I want to talk about and then I'll be quiet. The first is this. Jesus often appears in the gospel narratives, in the resurrection, as someone different. Um, Whether we see it here, whether we see it in John 21, which I think we'll read on Friday, uh, on the beach, Uh, whether we see it on the road to Emmaus, when they don't recognize him, Um, when they have to put, you know, their their fingers in, you know, whether it's Thomas or whatever, he had to show them his his wounds, even even on the the night of of, of Easter, of the resurrection, he had to show the wounds to, to make sure they understood who it was. Because even in resurrection, he carries the wounds. Another homily for another day. But um, I, it's so interesting that, that somehow the resurrected body is Christ. It's Jesus, but yet it's more. It's the Christ, as we would call that. I, I like how Paul uh, uses the image of it's like Jesus was the seed, but Christ is the plant. You know they're the same thing, but they, they come to us. They're one and the same. The one couldn't be, the, the, you know, couldn't be who it is without the, the, the seed, the, the foundation of, of the other. But it's more. And you don't recognize the wheat from the seed you know, if, if I were to show you pictures of you when, or, or somebody, uh, you know, who knew you, to show you them pictures of you when you were six months old, three months old, would they be able to tell that was you, even though that is you now? That somehow Christ is the same, but yet different. And, and that's why I think we can say in that idea of the universal Christ, that that. He continues to be risen and among us. And there are ways he reveals himself to us that astonish us as much as it did Mary Magdalene. But there are ways that only you can hear and only I can hear differently. And and maybe that's by saying your name. Maybe it is by, I don't know what that connection is between. But you know what? I know God knows. I know God knows how he can appear to you where it's like the scales can fall from your eyes or, or, or the blindness or the, the deafness over my ears or the, what shadow covers my mind or my heart that he can break through. But we have to be looking because he looks at us and says, whom are you looking for? We have to declare whom we're looking for. And once we do, and once we remind ourselves, really, isn't that what it is? Once we remind ourselves what's important and what we are looking for, I think then God reveals God's self to us because he's all around us. He's all around us. Like the gardener. We find him in common places. And God reveals himself to us and we are struck in amazement at those mystical places, those thin places where God reveals they become sacred and we know more than we did before and they're fleeting but we know what we know and it's never taken back 
First point. Second point is this. Don't hold on to me. Of course she's going to hug him. What else would she do? That's fantastic. And Jesus says, don't hold on to me. I'm not going to send it to the Father. And and in in one sense, I think, come on, man. It's like telling the blind man after you made him see, don't go tell anybody. Like like they're going to really listen to you. No, this is more. Because he's saying, in a sense, don't hold on to who I was. You're looking for Jesus. I'm right here next to you. You didn't recognize me, but here I am. Don't hold on to what you think I am. Don't try to take me back into being that, that person back then because I'm more now. I'm more now. And, and again, it goes to that point of we may think we know Christ. We may think we know, but don't hold on because God is always more, always more. And we got to allow God to be who God needs to be today in on April 6th, 2021 in Keele, Wisconsin. Who does God need to be today? And how can we let God be who God needs to be? You know, this last weekend, it was so marvelous. And, and the parents who listen to this, you're going to get it. And, and my kids who may listen to this, you may be shaking your head and say, oh, it's dad being dad. But my kids were home this weekend, all five. Um, and it is such a gift just to watch them interact and, and to be around the table with them. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes right now, even as I'm talking about it. But I remember distinctly um, dropping them off at college. And, and I mean, even the grief on my heart that that brings to know that that chapter is ended, that chapter of them living for 18 years with us. And now there becomes, a, there gets to be a new chapter. But in a sense, we as parents plant them and they allow themselves to be planted. They're not just recipients, passive recipients. But they allow themselves to be planted and they grow into this beautiful plant of which we have no control because it's the plant that God needs them to be. And they need to say yes to that. But we get to we get to interact with them on a whole new level. And yes, that grief of closing the, that that one chapter, that that door uh, um, of those years uh, is hard. But to be able to let go of that in order to be able to embrace what comes next and, and the beauty of that. I saw it this last weekend in my oldest three. And I get to see it in our twins very soon. Um, are there things in your life, people in your life, um, that, that maybe we've been holding on to something uh, and it's time to let go so they can grow into what they need to be now? Renee and I have been married 25 years plus. And maybe do I need, I'm just using this as an example, I'm thinking a lot, do I need to let go of what that marriage used to be you know, in its first years, as we were getting to know each other more and what that early love looked like and raising children and all that, let go of all that and not try to recreate those things, but allow it to be what the marriage needs to be now when we were almost empty nesters and, and able to, you know, um, embrace this new part of marriage and this new part of life that our God's inviting us to. What do we get to let go of now in order that God can fill us more with what God has for us. Brothers and sisters, 
Resurrection is happening. Is, is, is. It is, uh, it continues all around us because it wasn't a one-time event. It's the pattern. It is the pattern of our God, and we are so grateful for that pattern. So once again, I end as I began. Happy Easter, my friends. Let's pray. We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second glorious mystery, the ascension of our God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Blessings, my friends. We'll see you again tomorrow.